Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. Let's, let's pray together, shall we? And God, we come with that heart that you are worthy of all of our praise. And I wanna pray that everything we say here today, everything that we do here today, every note that we play, may it be to glory, glorify and honor the name of Jesus. Even the meditations of our hearts today, may you be glorified, our Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And Lord, I wanna pray that you would come here today. Holy Spirit, come. That is my prayer, that you would come in this place and minister a sense of hope and a sense of peace and joy in this season of joy. I pray that your people would experience the joy of the Lord and may that joy be our strength, God. I wanna pray today that it would not be about anything I could say or bring or any thought that I could have, but I pray it would truly be about the truth of your word and the power of you, the Holy Spirit, at work in and among your people. We dedicate this time to you now. And we, Lord, I wanna pray for the people in the Midwest right now. People who've been going through literal storms, loss. And I wanna pray that you would come and minister there and bring a sense of hope, God. Use the body of Christ to minister in a material way there, God bring healing, bring the ability to rebuild lives, God. Work as only you can. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, be seated in the presence of Jesus. Let's get on with Christmas. What do you think? I want to read here from Matthew 2. Last week we were in Matthew 1. It's a familiar story, but we are going to plumb the depths of this story today. So get ready. This is actually uh, chapter 2. Beginning in verse one, and it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, we don't know how long after, just after. Could have been a week, could have been a month, could have been a year. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. Can we read that last sentence together in one kind of mighty voice for we saw? Can we say that together? Let's say it. For we saw his star in the east and have come to, let's do it one more time. Now, come on, in full voice. It's the word of God, all right? Say it. For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship My prayer is that is our heart this Christmas, that we come to honor him. Now, when we think about this scripture, one of the things that comes to mind is, who are these people? The Magi from the East. And I want to tell you, a lot of our perception of who they were comes from more of our tradition than from the Bible. In fact, I have a picture of a Christmas card here. This kind of shows our perception of the Magi. All right, there were, there were three they gave three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but the Bible never says there were three magi. There's actually drawings in a catacomb over in Italy from early Christianity that shows two magi. We don't know if there were two, 12, 100, we don't know. But our tradition is there were three. They, they are wearing turbans or they're wearing crowns. The Bible never says they were kings. Never says they were from the Orient at least not in the way we know the Orient. The Bible never says that they even rode camels. 
That's just part of our tradition. Maybe it's not really important. They may have had military escort. They certainly had a lot of money with them. They had gold. We're not sure. You know what? What I found is when the Bible doesn't tell us all the details, the truth is, if we needed to know, the Bible would tell us, right? If we really needed to know all the details, the Bible would tell us. But here's what I want us to latch on to today. There is a lot we can learn from what the Bible does tell us about this story and the Christmas story and really any other story in the Scripture. There is a lot that we can glean. There is a lot of life changing information in this story. So I wanna do more today than just skim across the surface, all right? I wanna really go deep on this scripture. And actually, when you think about the Magi, let's just set this up. Uh, the Magi, actually the word Magi, really it's, it's kind of the same root word as magic. People looked at them as being magicians, people who had some kind of mystical powers. This was a very superstitious people. And these magi, we know they studied the movement of the stars. They were astronomers. And in those days, astronomy and astrology kind of were interwoven. People believed that events on earth corresponded to the stars. Now, people today still believe that same thing. It's called horoscope. You know, that, that the events on earth correspond with what is happening in the heavens. And when I look at the Magi, I don't wanna set this up, I really see these Magi as being sincere people. They were human beings trying to figure things out. And maybe today you came here and the truth is you're trying to figure things out. They, they were trying to evidently find meaning. And my prayer is that today you are trying to find meaning. We are longing as people for something. They left their home. They left, they left the security of where they came from and they went out looking for something. Now, today, I hope you came here looking for something. I don't know what you're looking for. Maybe you came here today looking for hope. Maybe you came here today looking for connections with people, connection with God. These wise men, I believe, are seeking meaning. And my prayer is that you would this Christmas be looking for meaning in your life. Amen? Are you awake here? Um, 9.30? Listen, we're all seeking something. Every single one of us is seeking something. And maybe today you came here hoping that God would change your situation. Maybe you came here today hoping that God would change your life. Maybe you're not satisfied with where you are and you wanna go deeper with God. I'm sure that is what the Magi wanted, to get closer to God. But if we are gonna go where God is calling us to, we need to be like the Magi. The Magi were willing to get out of their comfort zone. Are you ready today to get out of your comfort zone? We don't even know where these Magi came from. Some of the people believe they came from a region in that time period called Babylonia. Some people believe they came from Arabia or Persia. Uh, God's people, the, the Jews, centuries before this were, were held captive in the Medo-Persian Empire. And maybe these magi were familiar with some of what we would call the Old Testament prophecies about the star and the coming Christ. We're not sure where they came from. 
Maybe it was Persia. Where did you come from? What is your past? You know, the truth is this. We look and we say, you know, I really like to do better with God. I, I know I'm going south. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm not in Persia anymore. I am now walking with God. And I know I have a long way to go, but I'm on my way. I am following that star. What is your Persia? Where did you come from? You know what I realize is this. Many people never leave Persia. In fact, most people never leave their Persia. It's so easy just to kind of fall into a routine. Let me ask a question, and you can answer this for yourself honestly, but how have you grown since last Christmas? How have you changed since last Christmas? I hope you have. Many people just fall into the same patterns. You know that movie Groundhog Day? Just kind of keep living that same day over and over and over again. The same money issues I was dealing with a year ago, I'm dealing with those same money issues now. I never, I never straightened that out. The same marital issues, we were gonna get counseling, but we just kind of never got around to it. And we just keep kind of going. We never really totally get out of Persia. We just kind of stay where we are. The same uh, generational patterns. There are people that came to services a year ago wanting to get clean from drugs, wanting to get sober, wanting to get out of that destructive relationship, but just never quite did it. And here we are a year later or two years later or five years later or 10 years later, and we're still kind of living the same routine. We never really get out of Persia. And we give it lip service, and I'm saying this from experience here, because there are many times in my life that I gave Christianity lip service, but never really got around to really seeking God. Listen, in 2022, let's seek something better. Let's seek to go deeper with God in 2022 than we ever have before, amen? As individuals and as a church, let the Magi be our example. They got out of their comfort zone. They got out of their Persia. They left that behind and they followed Jesus. Listen, we actually, when I was a kid, I grew up way out in the middle of nowhere and there really wasn't a place to ride bikes. And we would go to town to our relatives where when I was a little kid, my mom would say, look, you can ride your bike here, but you gotta stay on the sidewalk. I don't even know if that's legal anymore. But do not go out on that street. You stay on the sidewalk. You understand? Let me see you do it. She'd say, look, you guys, this was me and my cousin, go up here to the corner and turn left. And when you get to the next corner, turn left again. And when you get to that next corner, turn left again. I wanna see you do it. Do not turn right. Turn left every single time. I go up, turn left, come around. Hey, I made it, mom. Keep coming back. And we would ride around that block on that sidewalk over and over and over and over again. Because I knew if I get out in that street, my mother's going to kill me. So no, I'm turning left every time. We can live our lives that same way. We just keep turning left over and over. And we kind of come right back again to where we started. We set off to go somewhere but we keep coming back to Persia over and over and, and, and over again. And listen, 2022 is the year to turn right, to change direction. 
You, you know, there's a word in scripture for changing direction. You know what that word mean, is? Repent. It literally means to change direction. That I'm no longer gonna go through the same patterns over and over again. It's time to go deeper with God. Listen, whatever you're searching for today, I wanna tell you, you will find the same answer that the Magi found is that ultimately your answer is found in Jesus. You're not gonna find it in anything in this world. Our ultimate answer is found in Christ. And so they come looking and they, they wind up in Jerusalem. They wind up in the wrong place. They're looking for the one who is the king of the Jews. In verse three, it says this, when Herod the king heard this. I love how Matthew mentions that he is the king. He is the king of the Jews. And when he hears this, he was troubled. Obviously, he would be. He's the king. And all of Jerusalem with him. Herod was the king over Judea for over three decades. These people were superstitious. And I'm sure that when he heard there was one who was going to be born king of the Jews, we've seen a star Herod knew what that was all about. Herod actually did a lot of things as the ruler of, he was the representative of the Roman Empire there. He built entire cities. He rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem. The problem was that he had mental illness. I mean, he was over the edge. He was a practicing Jew. He, he, was, he practiced with God's people. But the truth was he was not really Jewish by blood. And so there was a resistance from the religious leaders. They did not like Herod. He was actually an Edomite. And that means that he was one of the offspring of Esau. You remember in the Old Testament, you had Jacob and you had Esau. They were brothers, they were rivals. The people of Israel, God's people were offspring of Jacob who was called Israel. But this guy was an offspring of Esau. So there's a lot of resistance. And he was a self-centered. He wanted to keep the crown on his own head. You know, we can be that way in our own lives. But we want to keep the crown on my head. I want it to be all about me. And I can get into that cycle. This guy wanted to keep the crown on his head so much that he killed his own wife. He killed his own children to keep the crown. He killed other family members. And when these magi show up, he was troubled. And all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. You know one of the reasons why? Because they knew the Old Testament prophecy. And I want to give you one example. This is kind of deep here. You ready? You still awake? All right. Your coffee hasn't worn off yet. Anything like that. If you went back to Numbers 22, and this wouldn't be a scripture you'd normally read at Christmas, but I want you to read this. 22 through 24 in Numbers. Israel had come out of Egypt. They came out of slavery. They came out of bondage and oppression. And they finally are coming to the promised land. And they were in a place called Moab. And they had already won a couple victories. They were rolling, man. They, the, the Israelites were really coming into their own here. But these Moabites were afraid of the Israelites. And there was a king of the Moabites. His name was Balak. He sounded like a bad guy. Balak. And he didn't want Israel to come in there because he knew that he could not defeat Israel. So you know what he did? He goes to this person from the east. 
And this book of Numbers says he was from the area around the Euphrates River. He was like a magi. He was a performer of incantations. And his name was Balaam. And you might remember, if you know the Bible or went to Bible school, this was the guy whose donkey talked to him in the Bible. Different story. I'm not gonna talk about that today. But they wanted to get Balaam in there to curse the Israelites. Can we pay this dude to come over to Israel and curse the Israelites. That's the only way we're gonna be able to defeat the Israelites. So they bring, he doesn't wanna do it, but they kind of force him into it. And he comes over there and he stands up on this mountain and he looks out over literally probably millions of Israelites. And he prays and God answers him, this guy, Balaam. And he says, I cannot curse that which the Lord blesses. He would not do it. He said, I cannot curse that which the Lord blesses. And I wanna say something to you because maybe today you came here and you feel like you've been cursed because you've been through it over the last year. And I know some people have been through some very hard things, loss and illness and a lot of things that this last couple years have brought with it. But I wanna tell you something, we are blessed, amen? We are a blessed people. You cannot curse what God has blessed. You are so blessed that when you couldn't find God, God came looking for you and his name is Jesus. We are a blessed people. And it was in this setting back in Numbers 24 that this guy Balaam actually prophesied about the coming Messiah. And let me read this, because I'm sure Herod was familiar with it, and probably many other Jewish leaders and Jewish theologians. Here's what Balaam said, Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. You know, Jacob was Israel. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise. That verb phrase, will rise, is reflected in the New Testament. When the star rose and they followed that star, will rise out of Israel. And I'm sure when Herod and some of these other people in Jerusalem heard a star and they've come to see the king of the Jews, they were troubled. They were troubled. These were people that were familiar with the stuff in the Old Testament. They had, been, they had been waiting for this. They had been looking for this. And so what does he do? He gathers together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them, where is the Messiah to be born? And they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And, and they quote Micah 5. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. These people knew the Old Testament prophecies. These were the religious professionals. He calls them all together. It's like putting all the pastors together. Let's put our heads together and figure out where the Messiah is gonna be, right? The scholars, and here's the deal. They are in Jerusalem. Bethlehem is six miles away. These guys knew the scriptures, but they weren't willing to go to Bethlehem to see if there really was anything happening. Listen, you can know the theology and really not know the Savior. 
You can sit in church Christmas after Christmas and hear story after story without ever really knowing the Savior. And I, I know that because I did that for years. Do you really truly know the Savior of Christmas? Because the only people that were really willing to go the six miles to find him were, were these pagan magi. They weren't even God's people. The other people wouldn't even go. They wouldn't even show up. You know those people that won't show up? Maybe you have some people like that in your life. Listen, I think many times in life, we have high expectations on people. Maybe too high. I don't know. I don't know what your situation is, but maybe this Christmas, we might have to lower our expectations on people and raise our expectations on what God could do in our lives if we really were to seek after him. Let your faith this Christmas be on the increase. Let it be in the, you know why? You need a savior. The Magi needed a savior and we need a savior. He is our star. He is the one that we follow after. Listen, when you think about Jesus, here's what I want you to think about. For you, I'm not just talking about the church people or the magi or people in the Bible. For you, he became nothing. He took the form of a servant, making himself nothing. He did that for you. Think about this. The omnipresent God who is everywhere at once, that same God downsized. To put it in housing terms, he downsized to the dimensions of a human womb. He became a helpless baby, the God of the universe, for you. He needed to be nursed by his mother. He needed to be burped by his mother. He needed his mother to change his diaper. For you, he became nothing. Mark Batterson, the author, said in one of his books, he became nothing so you might become something. And I love that. 2 Corinthians 5, 2, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become his righteousness. He became nothing so that you might become something. That's the good news of Christmas. He says, give me all your sin and I'll give you my righteousness. I'll hang on a cross. I'll carry your sin in my body and I'll give you my righteousness. He became nothing so that you might become something. There was a pastor that said one time, and I love this, uh, he came to our place, earth, and then he took our place on the cross so that he can invite us back to his place. He came to our place, he took our place, and he invites us, he invites you back to his place. That's who he is. Let me read on here because we're short on time. <laughs> then Herod secretly called for the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. He got the Magi face to face. Give me all the details on what's happening here. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. Do you think Herod really wanted to worship Jesus? He really wanted to kill Jesus. He wanted to keep the crown on his head. And before we judge Herod too sharp, 
uh, sharply, I wanna tell you, not everyone who says they are our worshiper really is. Many people come to church, but they never really worship. These magi set in a great example for us. You know, I'm sure they were busy people. Some people say, I'm so busy, I got so many things going on. Listen, if Satan can't make you bad, he will make you so busy you don't have time for God. We have a busy family. We have concerts and we have events and all kinds of things we're going to. I'm sure the Magi were busy people. They were wealthy people. They were learned people. They probably had a lot of responsibilities back there in Persia or wherever it was they came from, but they were willing to set that aside and come and seek that which was most important. Verse nine, after hearing the king, they went on their way and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it came to stop over the place where the child was to be found. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. There was the star again. And they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. My prayer for you as your pastor and as your friend this Christmas season is that you would rejoice exceedingly with great joy. And I know there's some people here that have been through a lot of things, but I wanna tell you, I'm praying that you would rejoice with great joy this Christmas. When you know and you see and you encounter God for yourself, the outcome is joy. And I pray that you would experience Jesus this Christmas. We read this story from 2,000 years ago. We read it every year, probably multiple times. But I want you to know today that the same God in, that is in this story is working and is active this Christmas in your life. My prayer is that you would encounter him and you would rejoice exceedingly with great joy. Verse 11, and after they came into the house, he's no longer in a stable. By this time, he's in a house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshiped him. This is the first place where people actually worshiped Jesus in the flesh. And it was before he gave any sermons. It was before he healed anyone. He had not yet walked on water. He had not yet fed the 5,000. He had not yet hung on the cross, but just knowing who he was, these people literally fell on their faces and worshiped him. Their search was over. And they had traveled maybe as much as a thousand miles to find him. Their search was over. I I love how they come in humility. These guys who are people of great resource, humility. God loves humility, you know that? God loves humility. He resists the proud. He opposes the plans of the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And these people came, these people of means came and they humbled themselves before the King of Kings. You know, 
A lot of people deal with pride and there have been many times in my life that I've dealt with pride. You may say, well, hey, you know, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps in life. Truth is this, you're nothing without God. And anything you have, God has given to you. Humble yourself before the Lord and allow Him to lift you up. Humility. No matter what you have done or achieved, humility. Humility. You know how we see humility played out in life? How we treat other people. If we're really willing to treat other people with humility, you can lose humility in a moment. And I'll tell you, here's my prayer for our church, that we would be known not for preaching, that we would be known not for music, although I think our music is exemplary, that we would be known not just for our leadership, although we have some fantastic leaders in our church, that we would be known for our spirit of humility. I believe humility blesses the heart of God. And these guys came with humility. They just fell down before Jesus. Jesus had not done anything as of yet, except lay there as a child. And they worshiped him for who he is and who he was. They worshiped. And I wanna tell you, Mary worshiped. There is another scripture where Mary says, my soul rejoices in God, my savior. They came to worship the one who is most worthy of all of our praise. And look at this next part of this verse. Then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They opened their treasures to him. Listen, where your heart is, your treasure will be there also, I promise you. Where your heart really is, that is where your treasure is. People come into church and they're weird about money. I'm not weird about money. It takes resources to send people to Africa. It takes resources to, to, to feed people in Newcastle. By the way, we have our pantry coming up here very shortly. Be watching for that. Listen, our people in our church have been so faithful at giving we have not physically taken an offering during a church service by passing the plate since before COVID. We have these offering boxes as people leave. And guess what? People have been so generous in our I'm so thankful for that because where your heart is, your treasure will be there also. And if you have not had a chance to open your treasure up to what the God of heaven can and will do in and through you and this church. I want to invite you to be part of it. I want to invite you to be part of it, to encounter God and to open your treasure to him just through generosity, through giving here in the church and allowing God to use that here and around the world. You know, some people have mismanaged their money and maybe they can't give, but it's time to get your money in order and to really start to open your treasure up to God. You know, here's a question for the Magi. You came, you worshiped, you opened your treasure up to God, but here's the real question. Did you take the treasure of Jesus with you when you left? Did you take the treasure of Jesus with you when you left? Some people would say, these are the first converts to Christianity right here, these pagan, Magi were the first converts. Listen, how about you? 
Do you take the treasure of Jesus with you when you go, or is it just about coming to a church service at Christmas? Are you gonna live for Jesus every other moment of your, of your years? In verse 12, and after being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. And I love it because when you encounter the living God, it always changes your direction. When you encounter Jesus, and I mean really have a life-changing encounter with Jesus, I have found that you never go back the way you came. It always changes you. It always changes your direction. So the question is this, we read the story of the Magi, but how about you? Are you ready to go with Jesus in this next season? It's, it's, I love the decorations of Christmas and they've done a terrific job here. But we all know it's not really about the decorations. That's just part of the celebration. And I love the music of Christmas. And our people do a tremendous job, but we all know it's really not about the music of Christmas. I love to watch the movies of Christmas. I think we, we, you know, we've had Home Alone on two or three times in our house already, but it's really not about the movies of Christmas. It's really all about the Jesus of Christmas. And are you personally ready to go with Jesus? I wanna leave you with a question. The question would be this, this Christmas, Will you be an observer or will you be a worshiper? Will you be an observer or will you be a worshiper of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Can I pray for us right now? And God, I do wanna pray that you would touch every heart. And I pray that we would come before you and fall down before you physically and spiritually that the name of Jesus would be honored and glorified in this place, that we would be a people who are marked and known by our, our humility before you, that this place would first and foremost be about Jesus. Lord, I wanna pray today for the people that have come here who feel like they have no hope. I pray for a hope infusion today. I wanna pray for joy today in this place. I wanna pray that your joy would be our strength. I wanna, you would remind us today of who you are, God. And I pray that you would remind us of who we are in you. That Lord, today you would surround your people and envelop your people. And you would help us to be your ambassadors and your representatives here in Newcastle, in Africa and around the world, God. And we give you all praise and all glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Let's stand and sing in a mighty voice. Shall we sing with us?